Welcome to the Boostly podcast. This is the podcast that gives hosts the tools, the tactics, the training, and the confidence so you can go out there and get more direct bookings. Uh, today, we are going behind the host with another successful and interesting short-term rental owner. Uh, we're actually focusing in the UK here today, and I'm really excited. Um, Jed, who we've got on today, has been in Boostly's world for quite a while, and um, I'm really pleased to get his story, find out about how he got into hospitality, what he's doing now, what he's excited about, and uh, things that you'll be able to pick up and learn from his experience as well. So let me introduce Jed Gurney from Mersey Beach Short Stays, and um, yeah, welcome along, Jed. Thanks for for being here. Thanks, Liam. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I enjoy the show. I watch it often. And like you say, I've uh, I've been in this market for a long time, so uh, it interests me tremendously. You know, I think every day's a school day in this game. Absolutely, I I certainly feel it is. So, um, people already have picked up on your uh, name of your business and also your your accent. But if you can give an introduction to uh, yourself and where your business is based in the world, what sort of uh, business it is, how many units, and how long you've been hosting, that would be awesome. Okay, super. Well. I actually guess from the accent, I'm a scouser, but regarded as a plastic scouser because we live two and a half miles away from Liverpool city centre, but um, we're, we're in a small peninsula called the Whittle. It's a, it's a beautiful part of the world. Um, it, we're, we're almost an island and um, we've got a huge Beatles and Maisie Beat culture, um, which, which is going on, which is the theme for my uh, service accommodation. When I did my market research many years ago, um, I did a lot of background um, marketing to why people visit um, Liverpool. And it's just unbelievable worldwide. People love to come and experience the Beatles phenomenon. So I, I tailored my marketing on the, on the back of that. Um, You've got You've got images uh, flowing through my head of your places have got like Beatles memorabilia and and things like that inside. Is there? Yeah, I have, yeah. I mean, I've got I've got I've got original Beatles memorabilia on 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 the walls. I always wanted to to define my place a little bit a little bit different. I, I wanted people to come and see the artwork and be able to buy the artwork and and me signpost them where to go and, and get this uh, original artwork. But I've got huge huge. Huge plans are on that. Also in the NFT world, of creating some new um, Beatles original uh, NFTs that guests can just buy there and then off the walls. Nice, nice. That's, uh, that's a whole topic in itself. That is, we were just saying that you, these conversations can go in any direction, and that's that's a whole topic in itself. So, how long have you been hosting, then, Jed? We've been hosting since. Two, well, we prepared the company in 2018. We started in 2019, purely by accident. Huge property that uh, uh, I renovated that was uh, dilapidated and owned by a dog breeder. It was a blight on the on the environment and all the neighbours hated it. So I, I had a, a lot of experience in renovating properties. And then I got mentored by my dad from, from 13. So I was quite used to going into a place and seeing how it can be and this particular property uh there was always a hotel in this uh, small terrace that I'd, I'd been in uh, many years ago so i already knew the footprint of this property and i knew what this dilapidated property could be like um so that was pretty much a 
bit of a, a blueprint that I had in, in my mind. No one else could see it. She thought I was crazy, but we transformed this, this property into a beautiful hotel. It is, it's, it's a stunning place. And what would you say has been the biggest challenge? Was that the biggest challenge of uh, starting your hospitality business was the the conversion or has it been more in the operations and the running? Wow, that's a massive question, Matt, because there's lots of challenges. You know, uh, the biggest challenge was finding a market for this particular property. I, I believe every property has got a purpose. And when you've got a big 12-room Victorian property, a traditional family just can't. It's too big. So you've got a choice of splitting them up into four flats and you've got HMO or, or whatever. And when when we, we first did this property, I used to live in there. And we, we foster a lot of children. We have them for the last 20 years. So it was a big foster home. Um, so we knew how it functioned. We knew that it, was, it had loads of space. And um, it, we knew it had a purpose for a massive, huge family, and particularly for what, what we did. Uh, but we outgrew it and we had to move somewhere else to do it because we completed everything. And 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 we we did just put it out for a normal AST. For, uh, it was supposed to be a professional family, but destroyed the place from top to bottom. Oh. And I got involved in service accommodation because I did look for different options and corporate let seemed, seemed like the only option for, for, for this sort of, um, property. So, so that's how I got involved in it. I have, I have had other businesses over the last 35 years mm-hmm. in hospitality, um, in, in Liverpool. That was going to be my question is what, what did you do before this, um, service accommodation, short-term rental business? Well, I started off in marketing many years ago, um, network marketing, environmental products that took me down, um, quite a few different paths to the marketing company. When um, when Britain had to change all the legislation for European compliance, mm-hmm. look for little portals of opportunity where uh, the UK government had to change the law to meet lots of different um, sectors, environments, employments, lots of, lots of little portals. So we created lots of little companies and sold those concepts off to different companies. That was really, really successful. Uh, but it meant that we, we, we did lots of research in different sectors and we got involved in the, in the, in the hospitality industry in Liverpool, Manchester, and, and, and we were servicing the hotels, uh, restaurants, and the company just got so, so big. Uh, and it was, we had like five or six com- companies all, all servicing the same customer base, mm-hmm. um, but um, one of the companies was a vending company and you weren't allowed to give out paracetamols anymore in the workplace, for example. Uh, but if they were vended, they were self-administered. And so a lot of commercial companies were interested in that because it saved having uh, nurses on site who, who could administer. So we had a lot of huge, huge multinational accounts that we solved a problem, yep. a, a big problem. Uh, we, we rolled it out, but we got too big. We got too big and we got too complacent with, with one huge account, which leads me to why I'm so anti, well, um, a lot of the bigger OTAs, it's dangerous putting all your eggs in one basket because, you know, once they're starting to control you and control your company, you're in dangerous waters, uh, that, and this happened to us 
but as a, a as a knock on effect, it pulled all the companies down. We thought they were all structured properly and all safe, uh, but there was one little gap, and that was in my marketing company because it was a partnership with a Sarchi Sarchi marketing executive. But the partnership was not protected by limited company status. Right. So a lot of the liabilities they 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 landed on us personally, which is important when you. You're setting your business out to make sure it's structured properly and you're, you're, you're safe. But as a consequence, I went bankrupt. He, um, we lost the business and lost, lost the house when it's a rented accommodation for seven years. And then, and do you know what, Liam? I've never been so more inspired and, and felt powerful because I, I was a little bit burned out, to be honest with you. Many, 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 many years. So we got to the point where I took a little bit of time off. Started cleaning the beaches up locally. Locals thought I was um, I was on some sort of order, but I didn't. I, I, I was just doing it because I wanted to, and I, I was able to regain my time back. I spent a lot of time with my family, and um, but as a you know, as a, a compulsive workaholic and an entrepreneur, um, I got back up and running, and I created a, a couple of other companies. I was a nice sculptor. Um, and a nice merchant, again, serving the same customer base. They were all known customers to me. They were quite easy for me to, to, I do find it quite easy to make money. I always have done, but that's because I've always been self-employed. And when you're self-employed, you have to, you have to go create your work, create your market. There's some key concepts though, that you've, you've mentioned there, which is, you know, you've got to first of all, identify the market, know your customer base, and then go and be productive. You know, like the, the fact that you're going out collecting things off the beat, you're always spending your time doing something which is productive and that there's a seen result from, which is, uh, which is awesome. And the, the the lesson, you know, that you've uh, shared with, with the listeners here of, you know, first of all, structure your company properly but also you know even in some of the most challenging times you've actually found inspiration and you know time with family and and that side of things is very inspirational and certainly speaks to me so i well, know that speaks to a lot of people listen especially in the current market at the minute you know there's, there's in a turbulent times you know and i do do i do do work for, with uh trish mcgar for repossession rescue helping other people rescue mm-hmm. their properties before they even get into that sort of thing and also signpost them and give them a little bit of uh, support you know it's you know these things happen but you know i i know it's strange it really is but if i sold a huge big lift off my shoulders you know when you're responsible for the you know we're not we're a huge company had 16 employees but you know you're responsible for 16 families food yeah. on the table you know and 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 I'm quite a sensitive person, believe it or not. And I and I do I do know that that responsibility is a is a heavy weight sometimes for for uh, employers. But but yeah, that's why I do do some. Um, I, I do give back a lot, you know, with uh, my repossession rescue advice. I'm not that money motivated for an entrepreneur. I'm not that money motivated, you know. Um, uh, and I know a lot of people are driven, you know, they've got motivations for different things, but I, you know, I'm passionate about where I live, passionate about our city and passionate about the town and passionate about, um, showing off our beautiful area to, to, to guests. I love welcoming guests here. We, we smother them in scouts hospitality and 
And Scouse hospitality is, is you know, if you go around to, to anyone's house, um, you, you can't get out of there without a meal. You can't get out of there without a cup of tea or a biscuit or a sandwich or, or, or it's just our culture. That's what, that's what, that's what we do. And I found that when with our service accommodation, we, we did go above and beyond with, with our hospitality and it, it just worked. It just, we just, we just nailed it. You know, the, I remember our very first, um, um, review, you know, you must remember yours. You're always nervous about, you know, you know what your place is like, you know, what your, your place is beautiful, by the way, I, I, I do check, check yours out. You you are really really nervous that that very first one, and I remember there was a it was a, a family multi gen family coming over from California, and not I knew what the Americans are like anyway. You know they've got a high expectation for uh, <laughs> hospitality, uh, so I was really really nervous anyway. But again, once we we smothered them in a, in our hospitality, and we we, we created the uh, we we made them um, we introduced them to to the traditional scouse meal and um, um, we had a hot pot ready for them when they when they came and they just loved it they just loved it they, they said it was the best um uh, hospitality ex- experience they, they've ever had and that's just not, not not the first one we've had lots and lots obviously um uh since then obviously we don't we don't create you know load of scouse dishes for everybody but what i do do is talk to our guests before they arrive I sussed them out. It's just what they'd like, mm-hmm. and just what the the the, the needs uh, will be. You make a good point. Do that extra extra mile, and you make a good point though because when people uh, go anywhere on holiday, I mean, for for me personally, I love trying local food, local dishes, and things like that. To to go to uh, you know sort of your area and and actually have a local dish for these people yeah. all the way from the US. That is something which they'll tell their friends about and tell their family, oh, when, we, when he arrived, there was a hot pot that, that tasted awesome. You know, like that's proper, yeah. uh, you know, sort of English and scouse grub, you know, like, and- uh, like, like The introduction to Liverpool stew, and they've even asked for the recipe, you know, and we've, we've, we've sent lots of people is the, the, the recipes because it is, a, it's heartwarming. And I know, I know what it's like coming from a big family anyway. There's, you know, there's, we've got, there's, there's always been eight in our, our family, lots of foster children and stuff. But I know when we go on holiday, I know that's that first day that you get there. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's traumatic, but it's 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 hard sometimes mm-hmm. getting in there, getting established, getting uh, your first meal that day. We travelled all day, absolutely starving, and I'm just, I just know what it's like. Mm-hmm. And uh, my my place is huge, but we attract uh, groups of up to between six and 12. So I know what it's like coordinating 12 people. <laughs> There's always a couple of stragglers. You've also got a couple of teenagers in there that are always starving, that are always eating. Um, and we just knew that they would, it would be, it'd be, um, it'd be, it'd be nice for them. And it has, you know, but it's, it's not just that. We, what we also t- tend to do is, and again, we, we're not just any short stay. We, we try and make um, a gift in the unit for the first day, they don't have to go out, and that it co- that covers everything. That covers milk, bread, bacon, lots of um, fruit. We provide some cereals, nice. coffee, sugar, pasta, olive oil, everything that butter, marge, and and we accommodate um, vegan palates too, and vegetarian. Uh, you know, we do really think about everyone's um, everyone's needs. 
it sounds like it's really hospitality with a heart. You know, you think about your guests, who they are, where they come from. These welcome gifts are making sure the reviews are, are really good. And ultimately, it just shows people that you actually do care because there's a lot of hospitality um, companies out there, a lot of these these great big companies where the heart is kind of gone. It is transactional, yeah. you know, whereas I get it. hospitality really is when you go back to the history of it is, is, you know, you're turning up, you're finding out about somebody, their way of life, their, um, you know, sort of what the, what there's to do in the local area. And then you're taking a bit of that home with you to, to tell help people about. And that sounds, that's exactly what, what you're kind of offering there. It is. You know, I don't, I've done tons and tons of research, obviously, over the years. And I've, I've, as part of that research, I've been out to other people's service accommodation. And I've, um, um, I've been a little bit incognito. They don't know I'm in the industry. And do you know what the standards are for? I've, I've found, you know, all that the standards are poor, the systems are poor. And I thought it's just nothing like ours. It's just, it just doesn't compare. Even the, even, um, even our systems, I have a doorbell. Uh, camera, uh, because you know, believe it or not, I'm really strict. Do I let into my place? It, it, I'm really closely attached. I shouldn't be this attached to a property, but because I've renovated it from with my own hands from top to bottom with, with me dad, I am. I've got a, an unhealthy attachment to it. Uh, so I, I am. I am. I'm quite strict. Who I let in there? I don't just let you know groups of lads. I've never had any trouble. I have. I've turned people away at the door. We've got got a camera system in place. Um, I check everyone out. We, we get all the passports and driving license. We do everything properly. If you're struggling on how to get direct bookings and overwhelmed on where to start, then I recommend you go and book in a call with Boostly and our team right now. We can walk you through exactly what we're offering, how we can help you and give you a portfolio of websites that we have worked with that are matching not only your niche, but could be in your location as well. Boostly has helped over 2,000 hospitality businesses all over the world increase their direct bookings. And if you are interested, then all you need to do is go to Boostly, B-O-O-S-T-L-Y.co.uk forward slash call and book in an appointment with one of our sales team. Just for the sake of the listeners, what what is the camera system you use and how do you collect that um, the passports and, and that side of things? Right, well... The passports are collected through Google Forms, mm-hmm. and I, I just need the passport numbers. It's a bit of a grey area where they actually need the photo ID. And when I first started, I did there wasn't really a good good enough source to collect that. When you go to a hotel, they they scan it and they've got a photocopy. But other than than actually going there, meeting it, and taking the photograph, it's quite intrusive. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, we haven't got the scanner down there, but I did ask him to um, uh, to just just provide the passport number as opposed to photographic ID. But what I was able to do with the door cam is establish that they were the right people that were actually there. Wow. Um, if you've got uh, somebody who's come to the doorbell, because uh, we also use smart locks as well. Mm-hmm. This is this is a new thing for this year, and absolutely, it's been a game changer for us. It really has. Which ones do you recommend or which ones do you use? I use this George Edgington in uh, Liverpool. He's a, he's a service accommodation. He's a, he's a legend in Liverpool. I, he's a, he's, I, I know him from the socials. Yeah, he's a, he's a great friend of mine. And and John, they've got involved with with this company. And he come out and fitted it and, and 
done it all up, up fours and he showed me the systems, the TT lock system. It's just phenomenal. It's just been an absolute game changer. When I was doing some, um, doing some market research going, and I went to this place in, in, uh, in Blackpool and they had this key fob outside. We got there and, um, the key fob was empty. The, the lock was empty and this group of gang came up to us. There's four of them and tried to sell me the key fob to get yeah. into the property. And if there's a, there has to be a better way to do this. This is, you know, this is not safe. Anyway, it didn't happen. I confronted them and I got it off them. And I thought smart locks have got, you know, would have start, solved that problem. 100%. When, when you're working with the smart locks, this particular one, uh, anyway, you know, you can use a key fob, uh, your app, uh, mm-hmm. you just walk up to it and, and, and it recognizes the app. It's time sensitive, so you can control the entry time. You can control the exit time. If there's anything, ever any problem with regards to payments, you can deactivate it so that they they can't get back in. And I know that's that's happened a few times when payments hasn't gone through and people have been able to hold their luggage hostage till we got paid. And uh, it's just, it just it's a game changer for for us. The other thing is, is because it it works individually. To that person, to to the individual guest, it's tracked the person, the actual per- person who's gone in and out of the property. It tells us whether the property is locked and secured mm-hmm. uh, properly. Um, it also we're able to gather um, for marketing purposes uh, individual um, emails. Now, in a group of twelve, for, for for example, I know it's not always relevant you know but you know, there might be a group of different couples from different areas well you've got their details again to to, to repurpose your marketing it's just absolutely uh, brilliant and we've never had any problem with it uh, at all now saying that it's got a backup system on it so there's a backup override key a lot of these locking systems they don't and uh, you know i've read all the reviews and mm-hmm. Before we make any decision, Liam, we do a tremendous amount of research. You know, uh, it's a case of over-analysis sometimes. And sometimes it does, it does, you know, stop you making making decisions and whatever. But I'm very careful what I do. I, I have to make sure that it all, it all works works well for us. The, the, the good thing about this, and, and I've just found out the um, for, for people listening, it's www.boqsy.com forward slash collections forward slash security is is um george eggington's um uh, sort of locks and based in liverpool he's, he's sort of well known here in the uk isn't he for short-term rental service accommodation sort of area and like you say there's there's so many people out there who are wondering what to what kind of smart locks to get and this is a uh, something which has happened to, to us over the weekend where we we use key boxes in some locations we have smart locks in others but a previous guest who was a contractor thought he had another week booked so he just came along used the key went inside the property and we found out that day we were doing an inspection at that day and um that's one of those things like you say that smart locks would prevent because you know as it turned out we we charged them they paid for the week you know that that sort of things but so everything was okay but it's one of those situations where if you had smart locks there's no way that a contractor or anybody who shouldn't have access to the property could get lucky there might be somebody else booked it in there then exactly and when, when, when we found out when i turned up and there was stuff there i was just yeah. like i don't know who oh, this no. is 
first time this has ever happened. And um, we, we do use smart locks. Some of the smart locks that we've used don't have things like codes on. So if somebody's phone runs out of batteries, then they've got no way of opening the lock, which obviously isn't ideal. So ones which have got that override with either a fob or a code that you can put in is um, is so important. And this is the great thing about getting the right lock and about doing yeah. the research like you've done there. This one is even, it, it even takes your, your thumbprint. Oh, uh, nice. So even if you haven't got your, your, your phone, well, I don't give that. I don't, obviously, I don't scan everyone's. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a bit like, um, but for, for me and, and cleaning staff, they, they, they can, they can have a thumbprint access uh, as well. So, uh, is it? And I do have an override. Uh, but uh, I also, I, you know, because I do this, I also have a backup for backups myself. And I do have a hidden lockbox with a backdoor key. So if that happened and no one, they couldn't get access because the, uh, they, you know, they if they could get hold of me through a phone or or yeah. whatever, I would give them um, a backup key, key so yeah. they could go around the back and open up, and they could get they could get in then. That's cool, and that's exactly what we do. And that's, that's such a top recommendation for anyone listening. Exactly. If you, especially for for new hosts, that's my number one tip: is always have a secondary key box somewhere which. It doesn't have to be obvious. It can be somewhere that only you know about, but you can always give it to a guest if they need it. And that way um, that can get you out of trouble quite often. So Jed, I feel mm. like, um, first of all, I love the hospitality aspect of, of your business. I also feel like I've got to know you and and your business over the course of this, uh, this podcast. A couple of questions I'd love to ask and I want to try and fit them in so we don't run out of time is, what is the future of, of your business looking like? What what does it look like right now? And what does the future look like for yourself? Right. Well, if, right now, um, I, right now we're in weird times. So, so I have had to change a little bit. Um, I did have a, quite a few cancellations for the summer. Yep. A couple of, um, a couple of weeks ago, it made me a little bit nervous um, because I know people are short of money. So I did mm-hmm. change my strategy a little bit. Um, and this is what you have to do. You have to read your, know your market. I changed my policy to a minimum of 28 days for January, yep. February, March of April, because um, the big unit, I have to keep it cost effective. So mm. I need to attract, um, um, some of the marine, um, contractor market for, for, for the minute. And, and, and it, it, it's, it's, it's one of these strategies that it's all or nothing. You know, but fortunately enough, I, I did a lot of marketing and I have done anyway in that, in that, or that like direct marketing. And I've got a nice contract, which is going to tie me, tie me, tie me over till the uh, April. Oh, perfect. Um, so it's a, it's a great little 45 day booking, but particularly in, in our area, it's a massive hotspot area. And, um, we, we do do sourcing for other companies. We do, we do, we have our own managing company. Uh, so we're, we're, we're going to be taking on a few other, um, properties. I only want five of my own because of the strategy I want is just, just owned. I don't want to do like rent, rent to rent or, you know, it's, it's just owned. And I've got a few in development at, at the minute, uh, but I will take on other people's properties, but I, I, I will only do it properly. I prac accredited and. My systems, it's, we do it properly or we don't touch it. Um, so just, uh, just, gonna, 
jump in and give a shout out to Chris Morn from uh, he basically has got iPRAC for anybody listening who's not familiar with iPRAC just go and type it into Google and check them out to be accredited with iPRAC you do have to pass certain parameters and it helps to build trust with your guests so yeah really good mention there uh, Jed yeah, yeah, I think it's really important. You know, trust in this industry is huge. You know, you you you, you got to know, like, and trust who you do business with anyway. And that's no different for a guest. I mean, converting a guest over from to a direct booking, for example, which I did, I used every tool that I have in the in the tool bag, and, and one can, of them. Can you share some of those tools with us, just for um, oh. and the, the listeners will be uh, eager to hear this. Well. What you, what you do have to do is be consistent with your marketing and consistent with your brand and consistent with your name. I market on um, all platforms, but I market to different sectors on, on for example, Facebook and on, on my LinkedIn. They're all, they're all to, to different people. Um, and I market for, for, for years, all, all year, um, my IPRAC accreditation um, to, to the corporate world. First of all, they, I, I know exactly when they, they, these companies are checking you out. I see the pings on my website. I see, I see them. I, I know that the areas when they've made an inquiry, and then I can see it come up again. And um, I, I use the chat box. Is anything I can help you with? Well, IPAC accredited. I use IPAC accreditation on my Airbnb listing, even so that so that anybody who's checking our company out has a reference to come back to me directly yeah and and that that see that that's worked uh, an absolute treat but obviously it takes a long time and it takes uh it takes um it takes a lot of trust right? and, and as soon as they, they they do come and check out your social medias and they know that they yeah you are s- substance and they can they can trust you that's that's when a company has got the confidence to um to, to place a uh, direct booking with them. It's not a lot of money. And do you know what? I was tempted to offer this particular company a, a, a discount and I didn't in the end. I didn't. That How I converted this customer over uh, to our company directly was by saying that, thank you. We appreciate the local business support yep. because that commission that would have gone out of the country has stayed local. Mm-hmm. That's so it is, you know, because it's not always about the money, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and and you know, I I'm definitely not on a fast track down to the bottom. I see people panicking in this in this game, and and the the lowering the money and then lowering the prices and money. You get to the point where you're 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 not making money in your business, particularly at, at, at the at the moment. Um, it's 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 a fast track down to the bottom. I kept my prices high, kept my service high, being consistent with the quality, consistent with my communication, used all the marketing tools that I've gotten. It, it, it works. Do you know what I mean? I highly recommend it. If you're in this business for any sort of longevity, there's, there's certain things that you need you need to do. You need to have these good systems in place, but and and you need to to work towards getting your trust uh, accreditation. You, you also need to, to have a different sort. If, if you're going for this sort of market, for example, if you, you, you need to also have your um, risk assessments in place and make sure that you tick every sort of box because the corporate companies, for example, 
Um, you can win them over just on the basis of um, you can produce a, a risk assessment to each of the, the to that company because that company is responsible for their employees. You 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 foster that 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 those employees into your service, and uh, you got you got to make sure that you're you you do, do your due diligence and everyone's covered. So it's not just about the money, you know. It, it is it's about compliance and making sure everyone trusts you. I think that that point. And I'm going to echo your point about don't lower your prices, increase your service level and build yeah. that trust. And that's exactly um, kind of the vibe that I've get, got from your business is that 100% you know what you're going to get when they come and stay. You're actually identifying what people want in the market before they come and stay. You know, you talked earlier on about, you know, sort of Beatles memorabilia and, and stuff that they can buy when they're when they're actually there. The hospitality aspect. And then when it comes down to it, just knowing that it's not just based on price. Sometimes it's just that company at the end of the day, they've got a company budget and they just want certainty. They want to know that when they turn up, the guys are going to have a comfortable bed. That's going to be, you know, they are actually going to be able to get in is <laughs> one of the things that, you know, you've mentioned there and that actually they're with a host who cares about their, their kind of experience and their stay, which is exactly what you've conveyed within today's podcast so quick break from the podcast to let you know that the two boostly books that we brought out the book direct playbook and the book direct blueprint are two of the top rated and the best selling in the hospitality category on amazon for just two pounds you can grab both of those books right now the foundations and the structures that you need to put in place is in the blueprint and then for 101 marketing tactics that is in the playbook so go and grab a copy on Amazon now. Just type in Book Direct Playbook or the Book Direct Blueprint and uh, we'll see you on the other side. Jed, I know we we could we could go on uh, for, yeah, for, for a while here, but um, when it comes down to it, I want to ask a couple of quick fire fun questions just to uh, bring it up at the end. And um, yeah, thank you so much for for sharing your, your knowledge. Your, your knowledge is vast. And what I've got from this really, the locks, the trust, and just some really good business lessons in in general. So so thank you. The other quick one is your is your digital uh, guidebook game changer as well. Touch date, you know, again for the money, it's it's just it's just simple. Customers love it. They get an app on their phone, even when they're out in the city partying, they can just show it to the taxi driver and they know that yeah. where where they where they where they're going go going home and all the lock details are on there. That's another brilliant. Um, Brilliant, brilliant, must do. It's a point of difference, isn't it? When you've got a professional guidebook from a company like Touchday, and and for anyone listening who doesn't know Touchday, please go and Google them, check them out, and you can have a digital guide, like you say, you send it a link to your guest, and all of a sudden they've got all the information in one place, yeah. and um, it just looks professional, doesn't it? It just looks yeah. very good, which is cool. So nice little uh, tip there as well. So. As we come to the end of these, we love to ask just a couple of quick fire questions. And Jed, the, the question I'm going to ask you is the classic, who would you invite to dinner? You know, anybody famous who you'd love to invite to dinner, uh, whether posthumous or or still living today, uh, who would that be? Wow. Well, as a, as a huge, massive Beatles fan, John Lennon would be the man. Nice. Uh, for, for me. And I'd love to, I'd love to invite him around to my place um, for him to see. All the, all this memorabilia of of of, of his work. We've even got um, an original brick from the Strawberry Fields built oh, in, nice. built nice. into the garden, and you know it's it's that little piece of of history 
which right. we wanted to embed it into the actual structure of the house. That's brilliant. Um, definitely on trend with this this podcast. I like that answer. That's that's very yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But if you're someone, if you're someone living, you know, Paul McCartney, he's still around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's done a very good uh, set at Glastonbury, didn't he, last year? I think it was. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, very good. Um, living legend, isn't he? So um, one question I'd love to ask is, where in the world would you love to visit? Um, you know, sort of where would you like to go on holiday, or, or where have you been, which you recommend everybody should go and check out? Wow. Well, I am very well traveled. To, to to be honest, here, I've never been to America. Mm-hmm. I do business with uh, um, a lot of people in in America, and I, I would I would go. I mean, um, Las Vegas, um, it's like it's an adult playground, isn't it? And we did. Carol and I have been married for thirty five years. We 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 did plan to go to uh, a, a honeymoon in uh, Las Vegas, but um, if I go there with no children. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be three or four days of drinking, isn't it? You know, and partying, <laughs> and and I'm worried about losing the house and chucking the keys. In, 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 in. <laughs> I'm not a gambling man, you know. But, but just to just to just to do Vegas there. properly, yeah. yeah. So if there's any well, Vegas um, short-term rental host listening, do uh, drop Jed a message and see if you can tempt him. <laughs> um, awesome. Go away, man. And the one we always like to end with is, is there a uh, saying or a mantra that you sort of really like or one that you just believe in? Well, there, there, there is one, I mean, obviously it's related to um, to our, our short stay and, and and ours is not not just any short stay, but there's a personal family one, which is, fuck it, let's do it. Uh, <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and, and sometimes when you, you you're fifty fifty on your decision making and whatever, mm. you know that's that's niggling in the back of your mind, you know. And you know it, it's it's it, when, when me and Carol sit down and plan something or or whatever, and we get we can feel both get excited about it, you know. That's mm. that mantra comes out. <laughs> nice. nice, I like it. And at the end of the day, it's uh, you know you you're only here once, and you you got to take the chance and, and do it. Although it sounds like it could get me into a lot of trouble, to be honest. That um, that mantra, but cool. So, how can people come and get in touch with you or follow you on social media? Well, you can. Um, I'm I'm on I'm on every platform. Jed Merseybeat Short Stay is my um, Facebook uh, name. I dropped the uh, Merseybeat into the name because for, obviously for marketing reasons. But on you know a lot of people know me as that, so you, you can you can catch me on on um, LinkedIn, maisybeproperties.com. I've got about twenty five different URLs. Nice. <laughs> well, we'll add we'll add these to the show notes as well. So if anybody wants to uh, to check those out, they'll be in the show notes. But thank you very much for for today, Jed. If I feel like you've shared uh, you know a lot of knowledge, a lot of great tips, and um, certainly the the message I'm taking away from this is is have hospitality at the heart of what we do, and make sure our standards and you know that we're that we're building trust with our guests because ultimately, in times like now where you know there is um, less less money to spend for our guests, they're the things which is going to make the difference and and get them coming back to us. So. Um, Thank you again. Is there any last uh, last sort of shares before we uh, bring it to a close? No, I think um, I think we've covered it. You know, if, if I if I go on to the last one, we'll be here for another hour. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, awesome. 
but, but you know, um, I, I, I just can't, I'm, I'm really excited about this business. I'm really excited. I'm really excited to get this whole year out of the way to be honest with you, because it's not going to be a normal, normal year this year. You know, we know, know for sure, but in, in the future, um, yeah, my NFT, um, Beatles NFTs, uh, really excites me. It's like I'm doing a, a, a gated, um, crypto service where people be able to, to, to come to my place and, nice. uh, and, and, and experience a whole different Beatle media mania experience. So I'm really excited about lot, lots of stuff. Nice. Well, I'm, uh, I'm excited to see, uh, how it all comes together and, uh, thank you for, for your shares on today's podcast. Um, thank you to, if you're listening to the Boostly podcast, uh, we know there's a lot of places you can put your attention and we really appreciate you putting it with us. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye for now. Take care.